surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Yes. Yes. Awesome. reflection this week. For those of you that uh, are joining us today new, right now we're studying God's commandments. And um, one of the things that Psalm 119 does, Psalm 119 is the largest chapter in the entire Bible. And uh, the entire thing essentially honors and, and gives God glory for his commandments. Amen. And um, it's written by people who walk in God's ways, and it's just their reaction to doing so. And, and I really believe that the Spirit's leading us to do this just as our ongoing motivation to obedience. And so um, each week, one of us are, are um, just kind of sharing a little bit of Psalm 119 and then sort of what the Lord has shown us uh, in it or about it. So, Jenna, have at it. Where are we starting? Call it a night. Yeah. <laughs> God moved. Anything else you do, just yeah. Good yeah. job, Jenna. Beautiful, Jenna. It's not easy. Absolutely right on the money. Right on Perfect. the money. Praise God. Spirit. Holy Spirit. Isn't that where it said last time when we started? Yes. Oh, so are we like reviewing? Yes, we? let's do Because <laughs> this is what we're doing right now. Because of what Jenna just read and the Amen. truth that she just shared, truth from God's word, that our true freedom is found in obeying God's commandments. 
that true peace, true blessings, true provision, true protection, everything our heart desires is found in walking in God's ways. And we're talking about after we're born again. Right? So the commandment that the Lord has us on right now is focused on you guys. And it's commandment number five. And I wrote half of it on the board. Ethan, what's to say? Honor your father and your mother. Okay. And I, and I encouraged you guys with four things. Four things that I, that I really believe the Lord gave me to encourage you with regarding this commandment. So who remembers what the first one was? I know this is going to be a big test. Oh. Who remembers what the first thing I encouraged you to do was? Acknowledge. What? That one, acknowledge. Close. Mm -hmm. Isn't that the one where we're uh, at? I think that's yes. one of them. Celebrate being set apart. Excellent. Oh, oh good job, Lacey. <laughs> I need to go get my little notes. <laughs> <laughs> I write things down so I don't Okay, so I'm, I believe that these were things that the Lord gave me to encourage you guys that will help you to keep this commandment. The commandment is to honor your mother and your father. These, these things that I was encouraging you with, I think, are meant to help you in doing that. So one of the ways that you guys will be strengthened in your obedience to this particular commandment is by celebrating being set apart. So what does that mean? What's it mean to celebrate being set apart? Man, God called you out of the world. God called you out of darkness into something so amazing. Yes. Praise Him for it. Exactly right. Don't be ashamed that, that, you're, that you honor your mother and father. Don't keep that in the dark. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't do it in secret. Don't try to not offend your friends. Celebrate the fact that you honor your mother and your father. Why? Because Father God told you to. And for no other reason. And when you guys do that together, you know what, Jackson? When you are tempted to disobey your dad, which I probably has never happened, right? When you are tempted to disobey your dad, you know what Cole's going to do? He's going to tell you, no, don't do that. Honor your mother and your father because we're set apart. And we're called to a holy life. You see how if you guys did this together, you guys embrace this together, you can actually be there for one another. You can protect each other. When the enemy starts whispering in your ear, be disobedient. She's never going to find out. He's not going to know about this. What if, what if you guys to each other reminded us, no, we're set apart, guys. We don't live like the rest of the world. New creations. Good. What was number two? Michael? Support one another. No. Uh, no. That wasn't it. Owen? Yours. Close. We're getting there. That was not number two. <laughs> Cannon? I know each other. That was number three. <laughs> no, I was going to say that. Anyone remember the second one? It's Humble. really important. Humble. Good. Oh. I think Thank we're you, not Susie. all of them Humble. now. Humble. I thought it was yours. I think we just fell around. What does it mean to be humble? <laughs> What would be the opposite of humble? Me, me, me. Pride, Pride. arrogance, cockiness. All that you know. Bragging. Bragging, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Humility, guys, 
is so critical for, for keeping God's commandments. You know why? What does God offer the humble? Strength, grace, protection, provision. The Bible says that God rushes to the aid of the humble. He rejects the prideful. He rejects those that are full of pride. And so it takes, it takes God's spirit to walk in God's ways, does it not? Amen. Anyone ever try to obey God's commandments in your flesh? Not by might. Do you know what the Bible calls that? <laughs> Bondage, death, yeah. impossible. Abomination. Uh, absolutely. But when God's spirit is helping us, when the helper is helping us, we can walk in God's ways. And the humble is who God gives that to. The humble is who God rushes to aid so what I said about this group of kids last week is true. You guys are remarkable. Every one of you. Beautiful, powerful, remarkable, set-apart kids. And you have every, the world would tell you, you have every right to be full of pride. My, my encouragement to you is to be humble. If you will remain humble despite what the Lord is doing in your lives, you will be put on display in a powerful way. The Bible says that the humble are exalted. God wants to put your lives on display because they are set apart. He will not do that if you exalt yourself. Amen. Come on, Pastor. He Preach. will actually... Pull, pride yeah. comes before a fall. Amen. <laughs> he will stick Amen. his big God foot in front of you and let you trip over it. Thank you. Jackson, be humble. As you already are. Allie, be humble. As you mostly are. Okay, what was number three? Someone already said it, Cannon. What was it? Love each other. Love each other. Even the dogs are that way. You know why us parents want you guys to love each other? Because we want you to be safe with your friends. The world wants to divide us yep. against each other. Exactly right. The world would much rather cause division, see you guys divided, see you guys bickering, see you guys fighting, see you guys insulting each other, calling each other names, whatever it might be. House divided falls. If you will love each other, then when you are together, it's safe. When you're together, you, you protect each other. You have each other's back. The world would do anything to separate you from your friends, from God. That's right. It would do anything possible to keep you alone, not knowing who God is. That's right. And how many miracles you can work. That's right. Preach, brother. The Lord is kind of impressed on my heart on this one is, is to kind of to point out to how the, the commandment love one another is we're set apart in that commandment Absolutely. as love one another to believers. But that one gets missed a lot to love one another in somebody that's not set apart and thus you were taken away. So Absolutely I, right. Right on, dude. The commandment is to love each other first. As you love yourself. All right. 
Jackson, you love your friends. You have their backs. You celebrate their victories. Right? You comfort them when they're sad. Cole, I expect you to protect my son. You love him. Jenna and Lacey, you see anything but love and you, you call it out. Mm. Because that is love. <laughs> Amen. I'm telling you guys, if, if you'll love each other, it will be unbelievable how much easier it is to honor your mother and your father. Because you'll do it together. It will become the, the culture of your group. If we all your love time each together. other, then we can all make it through a lot easier. You we will. Can help each you, other. You'll help each other through. Each other. That's why we're supposed to do this in community. Pray for each other. Exactly right. Amen. The book of Acts. Sounds familiar. Hello. What was the last one? Canon? Be a worshiper. Be what? Be a worshiper. Yes. Amen. If you guys, by the way, celebrate being set apart, and being set apart, by the way, means you walk in God's ways. That is what sets us apart. After we are marked by the by the blood of the true unblemished lamb, our set-apartness is based on obedience to God. If you will be set apart and, and, and walk in God's ways and all of the amazing good fruit that comes with that, and remain humble, as God puts you in those positions and blesses you with that good fruit and continue to love each other as we take this journey together, you will not help but be able to be a worshiper. <laughs> and you guys are just stepping into this, I know, but the reason you hear and see people in this community worship the way we do is because God has done so much in our lives. It is a, it is a total response. It's not an act. It's not a show. It's not an obligation. It is, the, it is a joy for us to give God what God is seeking, which is worship and spirit and the truth. And so real worship is just a response to everything that he has blessed you with and given you. So, Canon, don't hold back. You are, you're already a worshiper, which is awesome and unbelievable. Don't ever be, don't ever be embarrassed by it. Amen. Celebrate it. Don't ever hold back. You do whatever God tells you to That's do, right. man. <laughs> Praise Him. <laughs> Worshiping God, it's kind of like how we eat fruit, because He needs worship in order to, and because um, when we Keep talking, I'm, him, I'm just grabbing some Kleenexes. That means that He's listening to us, and He understands that we're trying. But you have, but He can, He can feel what's inside of you, because He made you. He, he knows what's going on inside you. He knows what you're feeling in your mind. Right. And he knows if you're actually truly trying to praise him for who he is or just trying to convince other people that you believe in him. That's right. There's brother. a difference between <laughs> being truly Christian or you're raising and a actually here, man. preachers. Come on. Amen. <laughs> you have to truly believe in him. How old are you, okay, so listen, let, check this out. So um, we focused on the men a little bit. 
with the first commandment that we focus on. And I really believe what I, what I, what I sort of feel like the Spirit is doing is, um, is building the foundation in the home, building the foundation of the home, solidifying and shoring up the foundation of the family unit um, as the first commandments that he's taken us to. So um, men focused on first, kids in the middle, now we're going to focus a little bit on mamas. All right? So um, let's go to Exodus 26. And I'm, I'm sure this is a section of text that most of you have already committed to memory. But we're going to go ahead and read it out loud anyway. So someone in a nice loud voice, we're going to read Exodus 26, verses 1 through 25. Moreover, you shall make the tabernacle with ten curtains of fine woven linen and blue purple and scarlet and scarlet thread. With artistic designs of cherubim, you shall weave them. The length of each curtain shall be twenty-eight cubits, and the width of each curtain four cubits. And every one of the curtains shall have the same measurements. Five curtains shall be coupled to one another, and the other five curtains shall be coupled to one another. And you shall make loops of blue yarn on the edge of the curtain on the salvage of one set, and likewise you shall do the outer edge of the other curtain of the second set. Fifty loops you shall make in the one curtain, and fifty loops you shall make on the edge of the curtain that is on the end of the second set, that the loops may be clasped to one another, and you shall make fifty clasps of gold, and couple the curtains together with the clasps, so that it may be one tabernacle. Through, 20, through 25, please. All right, let's go. I know you're just going off memory. <laughs> so, just, just keep going. <laughs> you shall also make curtains of goat's hair to be a tent over the tabernacle. You shall make 11 curtains. The length of, one, of each curtain shall be 30 cubits, and the width of each curtain 4 cubits. And the 11 curtains shall all have the same measurements. And you shall couple 5 curtains by themselves and 6 curtains by themselves. And you shall double over the 6th curtain at the forefront of the tent. You shall make 50 loops on the edge of the curtain that is outermost in one set, and 50 loops on the edge of the curtain of the second set. And you shall make 50 bronze clasps, put the clasps into the loops, and couple the tent together that it may be one. The remnant that remains of the curtain of the tent, the half curtain that remains, shall hang over the back of the tabernacle, and a cubit on one side and a cubit on the, on the other side of what remains of the length of the curtains of the tent, shall hang over the sides of the tabernacle, on this side and on that side, to cover it. Keep going, man. You're on a roll. <laughs> you shall also make a covering of ram skins dyed red for the tent, and a covering of badger skins above that. And for the tabernacle, you shall make the boards of acacia wood standing upright. Ten cubits shall be the length of a board, and a cubit and a half shall be the width of each board. Two tenons shall be in each board for binding one to another. Thus you shall make for all the boards of the tabernacle. And you shall make the boards for the tabernacle, twenty boards for the south side. You shall make forty sockets of silver under the twenty boards, two sockets under each of the boards for its two tenons. And for the second side of the tabernacle, the north side, there shall be twenty boards, and there and there forty sockets of silver, two sockets under each of the boards. For the far side of the tabernacle westward, you shall make six boards, and you shall also make two boards for the two back corners of the tabernacle. They shall be coupled together at the bottom, and they shall be coupled together at the top by one ring. Thus it shall be for both of them. They shall be for the two corners. So there shall be eight boards with their sockets of silver, 16 sockets, two sockets under each of the boards. Okay. 
we'll let you stop there. <laughs> Even though we could continue. That's, that's what says. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the question is, um, what does what does this um, level of instruction and detail mm. communicate to us about God? The little things His way. That's a super, super, super important revelation right there that we need to hear. He makes it also very clear, and if we don't do it, we have no excuse because it's very clear. Exactly right. Because the reality is that the level of detail and precision with which God describes the construction of the tabernacle, He informs every part of our life with the same level of detail. Did you guys know that? That's good. God, God's word informs every part of our life with that, with that level of detail. There is no part of our life that he has not touched, and that he has not given precise, clear instruction regarding how we walk it out. Every part of our life. Right? And, and Jenna read most of the words. I think she even, there was even one in there that I didn't remember, but, but, but when you take the kind of the whole of the instructions, the Bible kind of clumps together four or five words and kind of calls it that. And, and all throughout the word, we hear this uh, repeated instruction or encouragement to keep God's commandments, his statutes, his precepts, and his judgments. Jenna's um, text actually also included the word ordinances. Okay, so, so we kind of summarize God's instruction for life, every part of our life, not one part of our life untouched by, by the Word of God, summarizes all of it with God's commandments, His statutes, His precepts, His judgments, His ordinances. And then, and then the Word summarizes all that down again into one word, and that's law. Right, and that has become the bad word in the church today, and, and that's in, in spite of the Bible calling the law perfect. Jesus came to fulfill it. The Bible calling the law truth. Mm -hmm. the, the Bible calling the law righteous. Amen. The Bible calling the law holy. Amen. The Bible calling the law the word. You know what the Bible also calls? Who the Bible also calls the word? Jesus. Okay. Jesus, the Word, the Law, the Truth are all one and the same. Right? And so, and so we are given this level of instruction by the, by the uncreated Creator God. We're given this level of instruction on how to live. Why? For our good. He's trying to help us. Because he loves us. If I had to boil it down to one word, it's love. Yeah. I mean, what else would it be? He doesn't, he doesn't need us. Amen. Right? He doesn't need our obedience. Amen. God orders our steps and lays out the, the precise 
crystal clear plan so beautifully for us because he loves us. And you will always know, you can always tell when someone has received and, and fully taken hold of that truth because you will see them engaging the sanctification process. Right? Good. Jesus prays in John 17, sanctify them by your word. Your word is truth. What is the sanctification process? It's taking our lives and aligning them with the law. That is the sanctification process. Within the second covenant, right, the saints of God who have been authentically born again, been given a heart of flesh that has the word of God written on it, we begin to align with that word, that law, that truth in our day-to-day -day lives that is discipleship. And that is what it is all about on an individual level. Everything that, that, um, that we tend to engage in, the church and studies and mission trips and, you know, lock-ins, all that is secondary Amen. and an outsource from an individual decision to be discipled, to be, to be sanctified, to align with the truth of God's word. Right? Yep. So, um... So because obedience is the point, once we are born again, it is what, it is what transforms a, a, a new creation, newborn baby believer into a mature son of God in the earth, the kind that all of creation is waiting for, the kind that walks in such purity that the Spirit of God flows through them and accomplishes God's purposes, because that's the goal and the point and the purpose, who do we know is obviously going to come against that? The enemy. Right? And so, and so here's where we have to be um, just crystal clear about putting a couple things together. God's uh, purposes in our life our love, right? He wants us to experience the fullness of fellowship with Him, the fullness of relationship with Him. Everything that this is all about is restoring what was lost at the fall. Yeah. Right? Everything being reconciled through Christ yeah. back to the Father. And as we engage in obedience, we are on that narrow path. Right? So if, so if the narrow path which, which is obedience, which is holiness, which is godliness, which is purity, which is basically keeping God's commandments, if that's how the, the Spirit of God is going to lead us to experience the fullness of God's will and the, and the realization of God's agenda, what do you think is going to be Satan's desire to get us to, to fall into his desire, agenda and desires? To break God's commandments. Right? Pretty, it's pretty simple. Yeah. Obedience accomplishes God's will. Disobedience accomplishes Satan's will. It's, it's pretty simple. If anything, he wants us to get as far away from God and everybody we love as possible. Exactly and right. And suffer in the depths of the underworld. And so listen to what he does. Let's go to Daniel chapter 7. We've, we've read this passage before, but it bears repeating. 
shoot, I didn't bookmark it. Someone find Daniel chapter 7 real quick and read verse 25. Someone that has a technological advantage over me. My pleasure. I have bookmarked over it. Chapter 7, Verse 25. So this is, um, Daniel's been sharing the revelation that the Lord, the vision the Lord gave him. This is sort of the chapter that um, explains, that God's basically explaining what Daniel's been seeing. And um, and this particular verse shares a specific thing that the enemy is going to do and is doing. Go ahead, Michael. And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. Okay. So this is a specific passage regarding a specific um, tactic of Satan, something that he intends to do to persecute and come against and destroy. What's Satan's agenda regarding the saints? Still killing and destroy. Still killing and destroy. That's all he's doing. Satan is, is seeking to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's making war specifically against who? Those who have the testimony of Jesus and keep the commandments of God, Revelation 12, 17. So this is, this is warfare against the saints, right? This is not warfare against the unbelievers. Warfare against the saints is what Satan is currently engaged in, the Bible says. And that warfare is specifically to keep us from walking out our destiny, which is purity, holiness, godliness, right? So his agenda is going to just break God's commandments, ignore the law, right? And so... And so um, in a group like this, here's what we need to hear. Satan's not likely going to try and tempt you to be rebellious. Right? Don't think the enemy's going to talk Kirby into robbing a bank. Right? Or Andrew into doing something bad. He's just too good of a guy. Right? He's not going to try and he do that. Never be too he's good. not going to, I don't believe, his, um, he's going to be very successful trying that. But, but Jesus says in John chapter 8 that, that Satan is the father of lies, that when he lies, he speaks his native tongue. Right? So, so Satan's game is deception. And, and this particular passage tells us specifically what his deceptions are going to in, intendedly do, which is what? Change the time and law. Change, change. the time and the law. You know that there are certain things that God is very specific about in Scripture. We read, exhaustingly so, an example of that. That precision and clarity and perfection is what God is seeking. He is very precise about some, some things that are supposed to happen at certain times. He's very precise about it. As precise as he is about the construction of the tabernacle, God is about times in our life. Did you guys know that? Yeah. Most of the bride doesn't. You. He's amazing. Most of the bride doesn't because it's been stolen. Because that's Satan's agenda. It's to change the times. Think about the times in God's law that God has established. He's literally made the smallest things with his hand carefully and... For one of us to create a single 
clone of a person, it would take us years. And he does it like that. He can create. Which can is create why, by the way, worlds. his instruction is so powerful. He's got it. That could also be why. There's in space is always infinite. He's mm -hmm. probably always making more because what do you know? He could probably make millions of miles like that. Absolutely. But he spent his time with Earth. Yep, especially like Earth. Just for us. In this in this passage of Daniel seven twenty five, I find it very interesting where it says, I shall wear out the saints. Right. Because that just tells me that Satan will be relentless. Absolutely. He will continue coming at us differently. And, 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 and listen to what Michael's saying. Relentless in doing what? Intending to change the times of the law. You know what that, you know what that is, guys? That is Satan pro pro providing to the church. We're talking about the saints here. Well, that's who he's coming against. Saints of the Most High. Satan providing to the church counterfeit mm -hmm. times and laws. Counterfeit times and laws. Yeah. Half truths. Yeah. He's not looking to, yeah. to tempt us into rebellion. He's looking to trick us into different times and new laws. Deception. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to how devious this mm -hmm. is. Listen to how dangerous this is. Right? Almost every one of the times that God has given us in the perfect law has been changed or done away with. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, ask me. Okay? Almost all of the law, Satan has managed to completely do away with. Has he not? Or change or tweak. Because this think, is his game. I think the important part on that is that he's managed to do away with it in the Christian circles. We're, mm -hmm. we're not focusing on the non Christian This circles. is all about us, guys. Yeah, this is not. Re Revelation is all about us. When Revelation speaks mm -hmm. about, mm -hmm. about the division, right, between those who have the truth and worship the one true living God and those that are deceived and worship a false God. Everyone in this group, guys, are sitting in church right now. Ooh. I'm telling you, that's the truth. Mm. This church is like a shield from Satan. They, absolutely. We're making a shield that probably can go for miles, depending on how you're praising him. That's right. And if you truly believe in him as is, a true saint. Which is exactly what tonight's really all about. Because, because here's, here's what you hear a lot today. Here's what you hear a lot in the church today. Right, because when because when Satan offers a new counterfeit, right, it's never presented as satanic. Right? It looks this is, good. This is, this it smells is, this is good. where this is yep. where discernment on, it becomes so critical in having eyes to see and first of all an awareness. If you know what this book says, by the way, guys, you know that the Bible is very clear what's happening in the end. Right? There's no more truth. Truth becomes lies, lies become truth, false teachers, false prophets, a completely deceived bride of Christ that has no holiness and no obedience. When truth dies, it goes back to heaven. Truth or, dies. Or if it goes bad, then it goes down. Okay, so listen to me. The Bible is very clear that this is where it's all heading towards. <clears throat> right? So, and, and the bride of Christ has fallen into a hook, line, and sinker because we've neglected 
the discipleship piece, right where this whole thing started, individual commitments to be sanctified and set apart, to know God's word and align with it, because we've neglected that, the bride of Christ is fallen for this hook, line, and sinker. And what we have is the lukewarm recreational church, mm. right? That's busy doing all kinds of ministry games, masters spirituality, but none of it is in alignment with God's word. Right? It's all counterfeit lies, counterfeit laws, counterfeit times, and none of it's biblical. Right? So we, so we have to have discernment to be able to recognize what is truth and what is not. Right? And in order to have that discernment, we have to have two things. What are they? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit and? God. The, the Word. Word. The Word is the truth. The Word is the discerner of men's thoughts, right? The Word is what divides and distinguishes and discerns everything. And because the Bride of Christ has neglected to learn the Word of God and know the Word of God, she has become incredibly easy to deceive. And that's why whenever Satan comes to change the law or change a time, it never is presented as satanic. It's usually presented through the church. And you know what it usually starts with? God's doing a new thing. How many of you have heard that? There is no I hear it almost every week. God's doing a new thing. God's given a new word. God's got a new revelation. Listen to me, guys. Listen to me. If, if you hear that, you automatically should be, your discernment radar should come up. And what proceeds, I've, I've heard something new from God, what proceeds after that, you should be very, very concerned about. Because here's the truth. If you know anything about many denominations, but certainly every cult that has been established, every single one of them has started with basically somebody saying, God's telling me something new. Every one of them. God's doing something new. And he told it to me. Hello. This is how every Hello. cult starts. And I don't say that to say that God doesn't speak and God doesn't directly lead and guide and speak real time to us. I'd almost have nothing to say to you guys if that wasn't the case. Right? But, but when God does speak, it's never going to be something extra biblical. It's never going to be something that is in addition to his word. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's always, every time, going to only confirm and align with his word. Every time. Amen. Simple and so this is why we have to know his word. If you don't know his word, and you have a pastor that you trust, and he says, God's doing something new, and this is what it looks like, you can easily be deceived. And most of the church is. Right or wrong? Michael? Couldn't you even also say that when anything is spoken, his word is returning us back to him. Every time. It's turning us around. Yep. Absolutely. So that's a great point. So think about uh, Jeremiah 23, a chapter we've looked at in detail. You're all about false prophets and false teachers, false oracles of God. Those who say, I had a dream, right? I heard from the Lord. I have an oracle from the Lord. And what do they do? They turn the people away from me. You can follow the dictates of your own heart and no trouble will befall you. You can continue to despise me and you're going to be okay. Right? That is, the, mm. that is the heart of every mm. false prophet and false teacher. Whatever they can 
say they're getting from God is turning people away from God and usually to themselves or their denomination or their church, whatever it might be. Right? In fact, let's go to Jeremiah 23. This is, this is right, exactly right, Michael. I love, I love, um, where is it? Okay, so look in Jeremiah 23, look at verse, um, starting in verse 25. Someone read 25 through 29 real loud. I have heard what the prophets say who prophesy lies in my name. They say, I had a dream, I had a dream. How long will this continue in the hearts of those lying, these lying prophets who prophesy the delusions of their own minds? They think the dreams they tell one another will make my people forget my name just as their fathers forgot my name through Baal worship. Now listen to this. Go ahead, Kyle. 28 29. Let the prophet who has a dream tell his dream, but let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. For what has straw to do with grain, declares the Lord? It is not my word like fire. It is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. I love that. Ooh. I love that. The BS of a false prophet has nothing to do with the Word of God. Let it be said. Let it be said so that you can see the worthlessness of one and the power of the other. The power of the Word of God that comes like a fire and comes like a hammer. Amen? This is, we, need to, we, need to, we need to get three words down, church. We need to get three words down right now. You ready for them? The words are, it is written. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Is it in here? Listen to me, guys. I need every one of you to demand and continuously ask those three, those three words. Whatever you're being taught, whenever you're being taught anything that relates to the Lord, anything, you demand to be shown where it is written. Because if you don't, you are on a slippery slope. You hear me? God will send to him in the right way. What's that? God will send to him in the right ways. Yeah. You got, you got, it's got to be written. The, the word of God, uh, any direct revelation from God is always going to, always going to confirm and align with the word of God. Always. How many times did Jesus say, it is written? Okay, we're going, we're going there, because you're exactly right. Jesus was actually the most adamant about this, right? Because the Word says in several places, um, Deuteronomy 4.2, I know, and then, and then at the very end, I think in Revelation 22, what's the warning in Scripture? Do not add or take away one thing. This is complete. It's complete and it will never change. I'm the Lord, I do not change. Malachi 3. Right? Or I am the Lord, I change not. Or something like that. Okay? You know, it doesn't get added to, it doesn't get removed from. He always says his words almost completely the same. So go to, go to Matthew chapter 5. Come on. Jesus was the most adamant about this. And Jesus makes the most crystal clear statement about this in all of Scripture. Look 
what Jesus says in Matthew 20, in chapter 5. Do not think that I have come to destroy the law and the prophets. Why would he come to destroy something that's perfect? Why would he come to destroy something that's truth? Why would he come to destroy something that's holy? Why would he come to destroy something that's righteous? Well, obviously he didn't. He very, very clearly and specifically said, I did not come to do that. He said, I came to fulfill them, not to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, listen to what he says in 18. Listen to what the Spirit is saying right now. Assuredly, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, has that happened yet? Nope. No. Has heaven and earth passed away yet? Nope. Are we 100% sure about that? We still have time. <laughs> if you think heaven and earth have passed away, we got some stuff to talk about. Okay? We're, we're, we're all still chugging on, so it's continuing, right? Until heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or tittle will buy for will by, I'm sorry, <laughs> will by no means pass from the law until all is fulfilled. Okay, not one jot or tittle. A jot and a tittle are smaller than a letter. So Jesus is making a very specific intentional statement here. It would be one thing to say not one commandment is going away. He went beyond that. He didn't go and say, not one word from any of the commandments are going away. He went beyond that. He didn't say, not one letter from one word from any commandment is going away. He went to a jot and a tittle. <laughs> okay, he's making a very clear, adamant statement here that the law and the word of God are complete and in place it will not change and it will not go away until Amen. everything is fulfilled. We're eternal Amen. until earth fades. It's super, super clear. The world is taken. Okay, so, so, so this is important because of everything that we just mentioned, Satan is attempting to do. Satan is attempting to do what? Change the law and the times. Change them. Satan wants to change the times and the law. That means he's not going to try and tempt you to rebel. It means he's going to try and offer you a counterfeit. Yep. A counterfeit time, a counterfeit day, a counterfeit season, a, counter, a counterfeit type of worship, a counterfeit Jesus, a counterfeit way to do church, a counterfeit discipleship, a counterfeit every part of it. That's what he wants to trick us with. He's basically trying to scam you of your word. Of scam your, us, trick us, deceive us. So we must depend and rely and demand on three words. Is it written? Amen. Amen. Because if it's written, we're on solid ground. Well if it's written, we can be assured. If it's written, we can do it. Well if said. it's written, we can trust it. If it's written, we must align with it. Come on. Okay, and this is why it's so important, guys, because we live in a time in which not only is our false prophets and false teachers completely twisting, right, God's ways, the church, worship, what it means to, what any of this means, right? All of that's being attacked, but culture does the same thing, right? Satan, Satan manipulating culture offers the same thing. So today we're talking about the family unit, right? And, and, and what we have to, what, what all of this has been, has been hopefully the foundation for, for all of us, is we need to know what is written regarding the family unit. We need to know what is written Regarding a wife and her role in a home. That's good. Are we hearing this? 
Because if we, if we see and learn what is written, we can do it. If we don't seek and don't learn and don't know what's written, we will fall to whatever society mm. is saying. Right? And Satan, uh, I'm sorry, well, yeah, Satan through society and even through the church is saying much about this topic right now. He hates everything. Amen? Every single time. So let's just, let's just get to what's written. Okay? So let's start in the beginning. Genesis chapter 2. I'm almost done. We're going to end short today because, because we just need a foundation in place. We'll get to the details next week. Genesis, Genesis 2. Someone read uh, 8 through uh, 8 through the end of the chapter, and, and I'll just stop you when I, when I want to interject a little bit. Amen. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that was pleasant to the sight. I have, it right, I have it right there on that camera. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was